And okay. people in retail, they call that infinite aisle. Okay. Infinite aisle technology, because now, and that's the problem with suits, right? You can only have three on the rack. Yeah. But now with virtual 3D customization, it can be an infinite aisle. Wow. Because we can show you any combination of fabric, lapel, liner, suit, and I think the other, the futuristic thing, there's going to be a virtual avatar. So now there's these scanners. You can walk into store, Stephen, they scan you. Yeah. Now there's a virtual Stephen, and now you can dress yourself. You know, not just with the stuff off the shelf, but with whatever customized, bespoke. And later they can send you offers, because they're like, hey, we know you bought this jacket. Yeah. How would you like this handkerchief? Or wow. how would you like this new tie? There's all kinds of infinite aisle merchandising now possible for the retailer once you have these virtual 3D models. You do need, obviously, commitment and perseverance. You know, so I'd obviously say only pick an idea you're really willing to almost die for. Okay, yeah. You know, because you will have struggles. Every one of my companies has struggles. And so really having that belief that this really should come into the world is super important so you can get through the tough times. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. I haven't had a chance to play around with 3Kit yet mm. at all, so it's the one product you've got that I've no familiarity mm. with. But um, uh, I know it's about visualizing um, products you're going to buy, things that are visible, of course, and you know, all, everything that you've been involved in, it seems to bring together a little bit of everything you've done before. Indeed. It's always about the buyer experience. Yes. Uh, and it seems to me that also, that there was a little part of you that wanted to get involved in an e-commerce play that's about things that are physical as well. Yes. It's almost like another, so you've got the invisible yes. with G2 <laughs> and the visible with 3Kit. Yeah. Uh, is there a little bit of, do you think there was a bit of that inside you that drew you towards that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about 3Kit. Yeah, and in some ways it does go back to my father's pumps. Uh, and one thing we could never do in our first CPU companies is visualize a product. Yeah. And, and frankly, the technology just wasn't there because 10 years ago we tried it, but to visualize products you need browser plugins. Sure. And they were just clunky and it was yeah. slow. The bandwidth wasn't there, the performance yeah. wasn't there. But then a couple years ago something called WebGL came out, okay. which is now native browser support. It became a worldwide web standard, but only okay. about two or three years ago. Yep where now Google, Chrome, all the browsers support, you know, without a plugin, you can have amazing 3D objects on the browser, but also on mobile devices, yeah. and the bandwidth is there now. And I first saw this technology actually via Salesforce partner. While I was at Salesforce, there was actually a company called KB Max that was using the 3Kit technology yeah. to enhance CPQ with amazing 3D visualizations. Wow. And then I just saw it, I'm like, this is like incredible, because it's so real time and it's all JavaScript based, no refresh, and I'm like, this is like like four generations ahead of where we'd been with CPQ. But you didn't want to go back to CPQ, right? Right, I didn't want to, no, and I didn't want to compete with Salesforce, I certainly wouldn't want to today. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. And, but this is the next generation, and, and actually, this 3Kit is a Salesforce partner, you know, it's also partnering, frankly, with all the big platform companies, because none of them are doing this yet, but we can add the 3D visualization to CPQ, to e-commerce platforms, and, and really just given, it is much more engaging. One interesting thing in the 3Kit pitch, you're right, we like helping people buy stuff, mm. but there's some research that 3Kit references as to what are the, the number one things that influence conversion for buyers online, and guess what's number one and two? You tell me. Well, number one is product visualization, because if it's a physical product, you want to be able to virtually 
and this works for apparel. Before sure. you're going to buy a jacket, traditionally yep. you, you'd say, I got to go to the store. But now if it's, the visualization is so amazing and you can have a virtual Steven Avatar, you can actually literally see what so it looks like. So you can change like. the color, you can change yes, the size. the fabric. The fabric. So you, you can, can see you how it fits a virtual you. You can have tens of millions, theoretically, combinations that, that you're not thinking about that, of course, but literally almost, almost an infinite number of combinations. Yes. Do you plan to do any amazing in-store type? Because uh, you could do amazing events around that with the technology you've got. Here's one garment stored over there. Try it on, do you like it? I'm just thinking of right. a bricks and mortar version. And because sometimes people like to try things on. True. And then go, and now look at this. You can you can change that in a billion different ways and visualize that on you now using augmented reality. Do you have any do you have any are you tempted at all to get out of the internet or well, stay in the internet of course, do three kid, but extend it out to bricks and mortar as well, or is that a mad idea? No, it's a great idea and actually very prescient. Um, because one of our customers now for three kit is a company called Taylor Brands, okay. which makes men's suits. They actually own the two biggest suit brands in America, Joseph A. Bank and Men's Warehouse. And now they've actually put 3Kit on a tablet in the retail outlet, exactly ah. what you're describing. And now if you don't like the off-the-rack suit, you go to 3Kit on a tablet and you can customize it. And one really new thing they've announced with the NFL, now if you walk into a store in San Francisco and you want to see it with a San Francisco 49ers suit liner, and on the rack, they don't want to have all 32 NFL teams. Sure. But now they walk you over to the kiosk, they're like, hey, would you like the San Francisco 49ers liner? That's very cool. And the customer who's a Niners fan gets super excited. They're like, yes. <laughs> they can show it to them virtually. They can place the order online. And it's a win for the customer because they get a very personalized special suit. And the brand, Taylor Brands, gets more margin because now they're selling a more bespoke suit. They can charge more money for it, so they make more money. And the customer gets something very bespoke and they're much happier. So it is also happening in-store kiosk. Yes. And we have another customer actually called Mandari. They make toys, and they're gonna put kiosks in every Walmart in America. So you can, these are these little toy cars, but you can now customize okay. your toy car in a kiosk in oh. every Walmart in America. Wow. And it's game-changing for this little toy company. Huge. Yeah. And this in-store kiosk powered by 3Kit is part of what convinced Walmart to put it out there. Wow. So it is actually, potentially a very large part of your business, that actual placement in, in, in bricks and mortar stores. It is actually a big part of, uh, so it's not just about sitting here and, and shopping online, and, and, and it's that too, of course. Yes. But it, it also could uh, revolutionize the experience in, in bricks and mortar. Indeed. Uh, and okay. people in retail, they call that infinite aisle. Okay. Infinite aisle technology, because now, and that's the problem with suits, right? You can only have three on the rack. Yeah. But now with, virtual 3D customization, it can be an infinite aisle. Wow. Because we can show you any combination of fabric, lapel, liner, suit, and I think the other, the futuristic thing, there's going to be a virtual avatar, because now there's these scanners. You can walk into store, Steven, they scan you. Yeah. Now there's a virtual Steven, and now you can dress yourself. You know, not just with the stuff off the shelf, but with whatever customized, bespoke, and later they can send you offers, because they're like, hey, we know you bought this jacket. Yeah. How would you like this handkerchief? Or wow. how would you like this new tie? or these new pants, or the next generation of this. You know? So there's all kinds of infinite aisle merchandising now possible for the retailer once you have these virtual 3D models. So if garments is one big vertical for you guys, would you be in competition with Farfetch, for example? Or would that bring you in competition with them? With or who? Farfetch. Uh, I haven't heard of them, so we're not competing with them yet. Okay, no but worries. But maybe down the road. It's a very emerging space. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's a big play as well. Portuguese. Uh, Portuguese engineer and cl clothes designer. I think it's a billion dollar play, but wow. they 
they allow you to, uh, yeah, to visualize clothes and change, uh, change different combos. He also has a, a 3D. Uh, sure, we'll chat about it. I'll show you the air afterwards. It could be interesting. Yeah. But Maybe it could be a customer. Yeah, it could, because, it, could, it could well be a partner, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm not, because uh, what you're doing is much more horizontal and probably going to go to a deeper level, I would say, on the 3D side. So right. I'm thinking... Um, We're more of a software platform, really. Absolutely. And yeah, then yeah. our goal, you know, is to obviously arm anyone that wants to use 3D to help them sell their products. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very interesting. And I'm actually surprised uh, with the Bix and Morton side of it. You took me by surprise there. As yeah. I said, it's the one that I'm not familiar with. Goddard, you're very generous with your time. I'd love to ask you this, uh, this one last question. Sure. Um, for all entrepreneurs here, budding young, young entrepreneurs or people who are in the corporate space and have had an itch they haven't scratched for years, looking to get into starting their own company, after all that experience and success, because it is statistically improbable what you've done. You're, you're on, you're probably, three kids going to succeed by the looks of it. It's going to be four rocket ships. That's harder to do, in my opinion, than to build a $20 billion company. In my mm -hmm. opinion, it's harder because yeah. that's a one and done thing. It's still amazing. Right. But to keep going back to the well and doing it, that's really, really difficult. So I think your advice would be really valuable to any entrepreneurs listening. Two or three things that you would always advise, because I know you do mentor people, that you would always advise someone who went to you and asked you for advice. Generic yeah. things, I guess. And I'm always hesitant to offer blanket advice, because you know, entrepreneurship I is know. unique. Of it's course. like being a father, you know, every child is different, every company is different. Of course. Um, but, I mean, I think the things that ultimately, you know, I think make any entrepreneur successful, I think number one is really, you do need obviously commitment and perseverance. You know, so I'd obviously say only pick an idea you're really willing to almost die for. Okay. Yeah. You know, because you will have struggles. Every one of my companies has struggles. And so really having that belief that this really should come into the world is super important so you can get through the tough times. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then probably the second biggest thing for me is obviously having a team of people to do it with. Because also it can be a very lonely journey. But I've had amazing co-founders. So my first company, Chris, he was Schutz, my best friend from college. He was my co-founder. He's actually still running the CPQ business at Oracle. Amazing. And, uh, you know, so I've always had people to do it with her. Matt Gorniak, my CRO, he's my co-founder for, uh, obviously for G2, built Steelbrick from the beginning, built big machines, and he's involved in 3Kit. And so now we talk about having an entrepreneurial family. Yep. And, and I think also building a team like that, that loves working together, that's very talented and wants to keep doing it. Or right here in the audience, we have Enrique. He's our GP now, GM now for G2 in Europe, but he was with us at Steelbrick and at Salesforce. Uh, okay. And so I think building what I call an entrepreneurial family, yeah. that's especially if you want to have multiple successes, because that way we're not starting from scratch every time, because yes. we're able to bring our best team members, bring all the learnings from the prior companies into the next one. Yes. And that's what makes the second, the third, the fourth a lot easier than the first, because we're building on everything we learned. We're building on the team dynamic and we're building on the talent and the chemistry we have. Yes. And so I'd say, especially if you want to do more than one, it's really build that build entrepreneurial that family. Brilliant. Goddard Abel, uh, diamond nuggets at the end there and an incredible tale of persistence and success and uh, yeah, going back to the well and succeeding every time. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners of 14 Minutes of SaaS. Yeah, no. Thanks a million, great to and see you Thank again. you for your belief and support over the years, Stephen. And My thank pleasure. you for fueling this whole SaaS ecosystem right here in Dublin. So wonderful <laughs> to be doing it with you from your hometown. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Cheers, okay. Goddard. Thank you, Stephen.
next episode, we have George Pechnik, CIO and General Manager at file transfer company We Transfer. George is an accomplished musician, dancer, designer of hardware and software, and of course, SaaS entrepreneur. He's led an incredibly colorful life, and we'll have a full series with him recorded in Lisbon and in Berlin. He co-founded and was CEO of New York's 53, where he co-designed creative tools for mobile devices like the iPad. And his company was bought by his current company, WeTransfer, and the entities have united together with tools for creativity and collaboration and the ability to send their large creations around the world with a really cool mission to stand behind every great idea. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Music